Faith, Hope and Love, episode 378, the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. We believe that the Lord is the King of Peace, the Lord of Love. His kingdom values are about compassion, service, self-forgetting love, mercy and inclusion. Which is why this reading this weekend seems more than a little jarring. Our Lord says, I've come to start a fire, and oh, how I wish it was blazing already. He warns then of divisions, even in the closest relations. But of course, it's not our Lord who desires division and strife. God wants harmony. God wants love. Yet, the Lord needs to warn his followers that conflict in values will come and they will lead to terrible persecution and estrangements. The price of peace would be to water down God's message, telling people what they want to hear instead of the truth, and that is unacceptable. The values that Christ represents are life-giving and beautiful and well worth the cost. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Turn your eyes, O God, our shield, and look on the face of your anointed one. One day within your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Hello, everyone. We've gathered together on this 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time in order to praise and bless and worship our Lord, and also to ask for the things we need. Our God's love and mercy knows no bounds, and so let's recall our sins so as to worthily celebrate this holy sacrifice. You raise the dead to life in the Spirit. Lord, have mercy. You bring pardon and peace to the sinner. Christ, have mercy. You bring light to those in darkness. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Glory to 
Let us pray that we will attain the promises God has made us. O God, who have prepared for those who love you good things which no eye can see, fill our hearts, we pray, with the warmth of your love, so that loving you in all things and above all things, we may attain your promises, which surpass every human desire. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The officials said to the king, This man ought to be put to death because he is discouraging the soldiers who are left in this city and all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the welfare of this people, but their harm. King Zedekiah said, Here he is, he is in your hands, for the king is powerless against you. So they took Jeremiah and threw him into the cistern of Melchiah, the king's son, which was in the court of the guard, letting Jeremiah down by ropes. Now there was no water in the cistern, but only mud, and Jeremiah sank in the mud. So Ebed melech the Ethiopian, an officer in the king's house, left the king's house and spoke to the king. My lord king, these men have acted wickedly in all they did to the prophet Jeremiah, by throwing him into the cistern to die there of hunger, for there is no bread left in the city. Then the king commanded Ebekmelech, the Ethiopian, Take three men with you from here, and pull the prophet Jeremiah up from the cistern before he dies. The Word of the Lord Lord, come to my aid. I waited, I waited for the Lord, and he stooped down to me and heard my cry. He drew me from the deadly pit, from the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. He put a new song into my mouth, praise of our God. Many shall see and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. As for me, wretched and poor, the Lord thinks of me. You are my rescuer, my help, O God, do not delay. Lord, come to my aid. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer 
and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus, who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. My sheep listen to my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord Poor Jeremiah the prophet, it could not get any worse for him. He's being faithful to God and he is suffering for it terribly. The enemy is holding Jeremiah's people to siege. There's no way out. God tells his faithful prophet Jeremiah, this is what you must tell the people and also tell the king. Surrender. Leave the city. If you don't, you will surely perish. To say the least, this is definitely not what the king and his people want to hear. They want to keep resisting. They want to win. They want God to achieve what they want. But Jeremiah will not tell them what they want to hear. There are plenty of others who will tell them what they want to hear, if not just to save their skin, or so as not to annoy, or to climb up the ladder of influence, or so they think. Jeremiah, however, is faithful to God alone. He only speaks God's words, and he does so at an enormous cost. So what do the king and his people do to Jeremiah for simply keeping his job faithfully? They say, let this prophet, this so-called prophet Jeremiah, be put to death. He is unquestionably disheartening the remaining soldiers in the city and all the people too by talking like this. 
This fellow doesn't have the welfare of these people at heart so much as its ruin. It makes one wonder how often people have been accused of disloyalty, lack of care for the welfare of others, just because they see a major disaster coming and try to stop it by saying the truth, by pointing out the danger. The problem for poor Jeremiah is that he can do nothing else but speak the truth, irrespective of the response he gets. And so what happens? He gets thrown down a muddy well for his troubles and sinks deep into the mud and gets hopelessly stuck. He will die there unless someone helps him. As it is, someone does feel sorry for him and manages to drag him out of that muddy well before he dies. There's a name in the Bible for people who tell others what they want to hear instead of the truth. They're called false prophets. False prophets get very short shrift from God. Then we've got, by contrast, the likes of Jeremiah, who steadfastly and devoutly speaks God's word in and out of season, irrespective of popularity. And it's irrelevant whether people want to hear it or not. He simply must speak the truth and speaks it without fear or favour. But here's the thing. Just as there are false prophets who tell people things they want to hear, even when the truth is different, there are also false critics. These are people who go around telling people unpleasant things, and so-called telling things as they are, in a way that just divides and hurts people. These people are not necessarily real prophets either. Just because they're getting rejected and causing divisions, doesn't mean that they're a true prophet. It would be a mistake to assume that too. There may be people walking around, even in this day and age, with a big kick me sign on their back and their words and behaviour constantly provoke or invite rejection or uproar. The test of whether a person is speaking God's words like a prophet is not that they're causing trouble or having to hire a security guard, And the test of being a true prophet is not merely because they've ruffled everyone else's feathers. These people may just be self-defeating stirrers. In modern terms, we'd call that someone who's just trolling others to get them fired up or being passive aggressive. The true test of a prophetic person is consistency of their words and behavior with that of Christ and his kingdom. And that is consistency with Christ's whole picture of his kingdom, not just selectively chosen elements of Christ's message. Jeremiah spoke what God asked him to speak, not just his own personal hobby horses, and he didn't speak just so that he could say, look, everyone hates me because I'm God's servant. No, there is a major difference. Sometimes it's subtle too. I also think if we're tempted to be challenging, we ought to start, of course, with ourselves and challenge and unsettle the deep-seated elements in our own lives first, such as pride, selfishness, enmeshment, that we can find in our own hearts before we start to try and change the world and get offside with others. Also, no matter how true something is, no matter how much we might want to fix up a situation or a person, if we do not act or speak with love, as St. Paul says, it will do us no good whatsoever. I doubt our words will have any effect if we spoke the truth without love. We must speak the truth in a loving way, in the true interests of others and out of respect and love for that person.
Also, another big error is true prophets are not self-proclaimed. They're not self-appointed. And they've been throughout history and even today, many people who do proclaim themselves to be prophets and appoint themselves to be prophets. But are they really? Really, I think we need to live the gospel more than go around pointing out errors. Putting the gospel values into action in our lives is one of the greatest acts of discipleship and preaching we could possibly do, proclaiming the gospel by our actions. It's always struck me that Jesus went around doing good and living the gospel. Others were the ones following him saying, why did you do that? Or stop doing that. Jesus wasn't going around saying, why did you do that? Or stop doing that. It was his critics who were doing that. Meanwhile, our Lord was active. He had already moved on to the next project or the next person for the building up of the kingdom and the next set of good works and actions. He did preach, that's for sure. But even more than that, he acted. And mostly it was doing things, whilst the questioning and the criticism and the finger wagging was the other side of it, not Christ's side. Jesus is definitely not encouraging or desiring conflict. He doesn't want to promote opposition and division. He simply knows that you can't be a fence sitter in the kingdom of God. You're either with him or you're against him. So Jesus is declaring the sad reality, sad to him and sad for us, that he and the good news he's proclaiming and the kingdom of God he's building up will become like a lightning rod to all who hate what the kingdom represents. Despite Christ deeply desiring peace and love, he knows that people will line up on either one side or the other which will create division, which he doesn't want, but knows will happen. This division that he's predicting, which is based on conflicting values, will even cut through traditional political, religious, or even family lines. The irony and the tragedy of all of this is that the divisions Jesus was warning about are over values that we cherish so deeply. They're values worth fighting for. The divisions occurred because Jesus taught us to be gentle, to reach out to the outcast and offer a hand of forgiveness to the sinner. The conflict and division occurred because Jesus was living that message of true peace and the fullness of the new image of God's kingdom, which included all people. This led to the most violent opposition by those whose interests were not best served by Jesus's otherworldly view. Our Lord turned on its head the unjust and unkingdom-like standards which kept some on the inner and many hopelessly on the outer, with no way of getting back in. Naturally, those who were inside were very happy and cosy. They didn't care about those who were outside, and they didn't want them coming in lest it affected their well-being. Of course, they were going to oppose Jesus and his new world order. Those few who were inside wanted things to stay just as they were, thanks very much. It was very cosy and profitable for them on the inside. No wonder our Lord went to great lengths to prepare his disciples for trouble. He taught them, be wise as serpents, but at the same time as gentle as lambs. As Jesus reminds us in the gospel, neither family ties nor fear of submitting to rejection, ridicule or persecution should stand in the way of salvation. 
which comes from an uncompromising but costly proclamation of the good news, standing up for the truth as taught by Christ. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We offer up our prayers for the Church and for the world. For the Church That it will find ever more effective ways to convince us that we can do something about the ills of our world. We pray to the Lord. For those in authority, that they may treat all those under their care with patience and compassion. We pray to the Lord. For those among us who are suffering, that their example may inspire us to commit ourselves more deeply to the Lord's work. We pray to the Lord. For our community, that it may be a sign to all of the unifying love of Christ. We pray to the Lord. For all those who have died in God's love, that their witness may help us to live our faith, especially those for whom we now pray. We pray to the Lord. God of mercy, in your compassion hear us and grant our petitions. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink.
with humble and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive our oblation, O Lord, by which is brought about a glorious exchange, that by offering what you have given, we may merit to receive your very self. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For through his paschal mystery he accomplished the marvellous deed by which he has freed us from the yoke of sin and death, summoning us to the glory of being now called a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for your own possession, to proclaim everywhere your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up, for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy 
to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen.
May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. With the Lord there is mercy, in him is plentiful redemption. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already here, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Made partakers of Christ through these sacraments, we humbly implore your mercy, Lord, 
that conformed to his image on earth, we may merit also to be his co-heirs in heaven, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. Thanks everyone for participating in this celebration of God's love. May God's grace strengthen your love, hope and faith, and may God surprise you even in the trials and challenges of this week. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants, the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms, 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love, Theme Hymn, in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelk, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988-2007, and this arrangement, Stephen Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stephen Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2022. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three.